Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It's a podcast about making things up and making things happen. I love talking to creative people about how they do what they do and how they keep it going through all the ups and downs and highs and lows. And today, my guest had a lot of highs and lows and ups and downs. It was a six-year journey. Uh, filmmaker Barney Chang, he's also an actor and a writer. He wrote and he co-stars and he directed the new film Baby Steps, which is hitting all kinds of platforms today. Um, it was already played throughout uh, Asia, including Taiwan, where he was born. It was a co-production between uh, Taiwan and America. It's a great LGBT family-themed story. He's going to tell you all about that. But before we get into that, I want to get a plug-in for DennisAnyone.net. That's the website for this podcast. You can check out uh, the past podcasts. You can see pictures that go with some of the episodes. You can also donate to my virtual tip jar. It helps me cover the expenses that come along with doing the podcast. And I want to give a shout-out to Stephen Rains, who uh, left a nice donation. I really appreciate all the support. You can also like the Dennis Anyone Facebook page. You can give me a review on iTunes. All of that stuff helps keep it going and building the podcast, and I really appreciate it. I also want to mention that the the short film that I co-produced with my friends Nadia Ginsberg and Glenn Gaylord called If We Took a Holiday is now available for your streaming pleasure on YouTube and also on Vimeo. So uh, just in time for Madonna's birthday, which is on the 16th, um, you can watch this film. I star in it with Nadia Ginsberg. Um, Glenn Gaylord directed it, and the three of us wrote the script together and, and produced it. And uh, basically, Nadia plays a struggling actress who, as a birthday gift to her recently dumped gay best friend, played by me, uh, she agrees to impersonate Madonna all day long so that my character can get a feeling for what it would be like to really hang out with Madonna and live that dream. Um, it's really fun, and we had a good time making it, and um, a lot of people... Uh, came together and helped us out. So it's now on YouTube, if we took a holiday. So check that out, and uh, that's all the pluggy plugs. So here, without any further ado, is Barney Chang. Hey there, I am coming to you from my friend Danny's place in West Hollywood, uh, near where our current guest today lives, Barney Chang. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me. You are the man behind the new movie Baby Steps. Yes. Which drops today on all these platforms. <laughs> and you're, yet you're here with us. You're special. What can yeah. I say? Where is it landing today? Like all of the, okay, this is so, like the day, right? Yeah, today, August 15th, a day. Uh, you know, all the streaming platforms, iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, Xbox. And if you have cable, you know, you know, all the cable companies. All of it. Dish, you know, all the major ones. They all have. I don't have and, cable, so I wouldn't And know. today, though, is the to, day. Today is That's the day. That's a big day. day. Yeah. How does it feel? Because I know it's such a long road making a film. It's so surreal. You know, like, this movie was already released in different parts of the world. And this, today is the day that all my friends here at home can see it. So right. it's so exciting. The, the thing you've been talking about forever and they're like, yeah, know, right, you yeah, made a movie. That, that doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, here it is. And you can pick any number of platforms. Yeah. It's a really charming, sweet story. So well acted and beautifully shot. I thought it looked amazing. Thank you. Thank you. We really spent a lot of time describing the different worlds that, right. that's in the movie. You know, we have West Hollywood. I really wanted the world to be very colorful, you know, rainbow, right. you know, crosswalk, and then Taipei. It's a little darker, you know, not as colorful. It represents, you know, mother's world, Taiwanese mother's world, which is not out and openly out like 
Danny is. Right. And then we have Mumbai, and then we have Bangkok. So, you know, we really spent time, you know, making sure that each world represents things and, you know, looks differently. Um, tell us a little bit about the plot. I, I saw it, but what do you say to people that haven't seen it yet? So it's about two gay dads, and then it's about a tiger mom from Taiwan who's meddling. Right. And, you know, what could go wrong? Exactly. Now, tiger <laughs> mom, had you heard that term used a lot before it became like a thing in books? Yeah, you know. Was uh, it a term that everyone knew? Uh, you know, tiger mom, I... What I understood it, like, you know, it's, it meant like a, an Asian mother who's, you know, overbearing. But then, you know, we started using this term Tiger Mom to describe the movie. And then, like, my friends, you know, like, my, my Latino friends have seen it, like Jewish friends have seen it. And they're like, my mother is a Tiger Mom. My mom, you don't have to be Asian to be a Tiger Mom. Exactly. Is it ever considered, like, a pejorative or a put-down? Or, or do Tiger Moms tend to own it? They own it. They own They're it. They're proud of it. Yeah. I'm going to be a Tiger Mom when I grow up. Damn right. Where are you from originally? <laughs> so I was born in Taiwan. Okay. And um, so I came here when I was in grade school and then educated here. And now I live in West Hollywood. And my world is openly out, gay, gay, you know. It's as gay as a goose. Gay as can be. Exactly. All of it. And I love that you shot part of this film in, in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Did you go to the other places? You mentioned Mumbai. And yeah, we did. You, you know, went there. Absolutely. I was we like, that really authentic. looks that really looks like Mumbai. Yeah. Not that I would know. <laughs> but that's incredible because a lot of times you do you fake stuff. Right. And but you went there. Yeah. And you, you have to. You have to. Yeah. Um, you were in Taiwan for it looked like gay pride. So we... Sh- where was that Pride Festival? Okay, so, you know, before this movie was greenlit... Yeah. It was greenlit, you know, about three years ago. Um, and But we know that we knew back then that uh, gay pride, Taipei Pride, occurs only once once a year. It's right. actually the last Saturday of October. you got to get that footage. Exactly, so we needed to get it. So we actually, you know, film the gay pride footage before the movie was even greenlit. Right. So that was like 2012 or something. And then like four, two years later, we inserted, you know, shots with actors and we just edited it seamlessly into the scene. I love it. I can't remember, I just wrote down that you shot in Taipei, but are you shown in the festival? Do we see you? Yes. Or did you uh, just shoot the festival? Festival. Uh, the, in, in, tai, in Taiwan, when you shot the stuff before you even got the green light. No, we didn't. So you're because not pictured. I wasn't even sure if I was going to act in right. the movie. And, yeah. you know, we were auditioning a lot of actors for the role. So, right. No, no actors. Just crowd. Just crowd. Just, just <laughs> atmosphere. Because I, I would love it if it, you were there and you like, didn't know the story yet or the mood or anything. So you're being happy and then you're being <laughs> sad. and Get one of me crying at Pride and laughing at Pride. <laughs> but that didn't have to happen. No. Uh, what is the vibe and the and the culture um, like right now for gay people in Taiwan? So uh, Taiwan is actually a very very open minded place. You know they have like gender and sex education, like great schools, and then you know so people are very educated about LGBT issues. That's so, great. It's yeah. part of the schooling there. Absolutely. Wow. So um, and and May this past May. Uh, same-sex marriage is legalized in Taiwan. Were you surprised? I was so surprised. Did that seem fast for you? You know, for years, for two decades, people have been pushing for it. Right. And for just these two years, things just started happening. And, you know, the movie Baby Steps was actually uh, released in Taiwan in 2015. 
Right. And a lot of uh, same-sex marriage, marriage equality activists referenced film um, while talking about family and LGBT equality. So I'd like to think that the movie had a little bit to do yeah. with it. You're like Exhibit A, Your Honor. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> yeah, watch the movie, Exhibit exactly. A. Exactly. <laughs> That's amazing. That's, that must make you feel really good. Very proud. Very proud. Yeah, where were you when you found out about marriage equality in Taiwan? I was... I, I was actually following the development very closely. Right. Every time they had kind of any kind of con- congressional debate, I would actually watch it live. You know, uh, they would stream. They would stream it live, and and I was it would be like two o'clock in the morning here in West Hollywood. I'll be like glued to my right. computer screen watching it. And That's there's amazing. A lot of, yeah, so it, 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 I was home, and, and and when they announced it, it was I was I was You're I was crying. That's amazing. Yeah. What? How is Taiwan in comparison to other Asian countries in terms of acceptance? I think. Taiwan is probably the most the most the, the forefront the forefront yeah that's really cool yeah what was the first germ of the idea for this story so um, every time I visit my mom once a year right uh, around her birthday in November and at one time one year like I, I think one of six years ago I was like visiting my mom and you know this is this scene will play over and over again I'll describe it right it's a ground it's a groundhog day like so I would visit my relatives and we would have family gatherings and they'll be like oh Barney when, when are you getting married do you have a girlfriend blah 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 right I've been out very my, much like the film very much like the film right. I've been out with my mom for 20 Five years, like right. out, 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 right? But my none of my relatives, friends, or, or family friend knew about it because my mom's uncomfortable sharing that. Sure. So every year I visit my mom, that scene would play over the and same over. song and dance same. every and year. And I got so sick of it, right? Right. So, and then I came home after that trip. I came across a story about this is a couple, gay couple from Israel. They wanted to have a baby, so. Um, Surrogacy is illegal for gay couples in Israel. Okay. What they did was they hired, they came to America and hired an egg donor in America, and then they went to India, hired an Indian surrogate, transferred embryos to an Indian surrogate, and then nine months later, they went back to India to pick up a baby. So the the whole time the baby's cooking in India in an exactly yeah. when I saw that when I when I came across the story I thought oh my god this could be a movie right and then I started like imagining like what if what if what if that was my life right and what right. if when we had a mother in Taiwan what if I wanted to have a family with baby with my with my boyfriend and my mom's in a closet about you know like yeah. me being gay what if we what if she has a grandchild how, what would she do right so I just started like writing you know thinking brainstorming and that's how it well because it's a collision of everything she's ever wanted probably a grandchild oh she would love to have but a then it's then there's all these other complications right um, has she seen what does your mother think of the film okay so my mom and I could never talk about like the gay aspect of my life right but after the movie came out uh, actually when we were promoting the, the theatrical release of the movie in Taiwan my mom came with me to to a talk show on, on, on national television and she was she shared did she, did she appear she, with you on the yeah yeah, and then wow. and then when the movie came out, she invited her friends to see the movie in theater, and then like so this movie is kind of like her coming out for her yeah. friends. Yeah, she doesn't have to explain a lot. She no. can just say, "Hey, see? exhibit A, exactly, That's exhibit so B." Cool. <laughs> what are talk shows like in Taiwan? Is it kind of like you would recognize that it's the same setup? It is like you know they you yeah. know pretty much to promote your project and you know and it has like you know uh, candid discussions yeah. about you know your experience. So my mom came with. 
the co-star the, with the actress that played my mom. So yes, two, I have Grace. two moms next to me and talking about you know, one mom talking about the real experience of me coming out and the other mom talked about how to make that movie. That's amazing. Yeah, it was so much Is fun. Is that online? Can we watch yeah, that? Yeah, it's on YouTube. It's okay. on YouTube, yeah. What do I search on YouTube? Uh, I, I won't understand probably, a word of it. You probably I'm... like, you know, search Baby Steps Barney and then like, oh, that the, the program is in Chinese. So like, okay. uh, I'm going to have to tell you. I'll just, I'll read yeah. Body Language. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I love the idea of you bookended by your moms. Yeah, that was so powerful. Did you get to say, let's go to the clip? Because I love on talk shows when you have a clip. Yeah, they, they and, did. And the they person, did. you kind of watch the monitor and they look to the side. Yeah. I always wanted to have that experience <laughs> um the woman who plays your mother is sensational and she was in the wedding banquet right she's a she's a huge star in taiwan right you no know, i came across uh her because of the wedding banquet that was like 20 something years ago right yeah Ang so Lee's I, film right and then and, and so when i was writing my script i sort of envisioned her playing that role even though i knew she would probably be too old because right. the wedding bank was like 20 something years ago right in the movie she was already playing 60 year old so right. now she would have been 85 right what happened was ang lee aged her for the wedding banquet grace is actually my mom's real age perfect yeah so so in, when i found out i pitched the project to her and she loved the story and she came she on. was in she's a big de- she, she struck me as like I don't know. She felt like she was the the Judy Dench or the Meryl Streep of oh, Taiwan, I, or so like she funny. just had this sort of said that. gravitas. She's known as the Meryl Streep of Asia. Oh, that's amazing! You got the Meryl Streep of Asia. <laughs> I'm sure Meryl Streep's like, you know what? I'm the Meryl Streep of Asia. I can do anything. Um, what she like to work with? She was really, really collaborative. Yeah. So as soon as she signed on, we started working. So I showed her my 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 my, my initial draft, my right. first, second, third draft, and she gave me a lot of feedback. She actually she lives in Los Angeles. She went to flew to Taipei to meet with my mom. She lives here. She lives here. Oh, okay. She's local, and then she flew to Taipei to meet with my mom. Because she wanted to explore the character. That's commitment. Yeah, commitment. And then when she came back, so my mom told her, like, after I came out to her, she had nightmares every night. And that was in the 80s when, like, you know, gay equated AIDS, right. death, whatever, you know, like, stupid, you know, notions back then. But, like, but she, you know, it was very difficult for her. So she told Grace everything and grace told me what my mom told her and i made me really really sad I, I right because you probably didn't know you no. probably never felt comfortable sharing we that we never talked about it and i and i, I oh. wish you had told me and i wish i i had reached out more but you know so okay so anyway so through this art project uh my mom and i got closer yeah and then uh after grace talked to my mom grace felt that uh the script would be would have been would be stronger if you had focused more on the, the at the evolution of the mother character right the, the, my initial stra- uh, draft focused very much on the gay couple's journey you know right. having a baby but you know after talking to her after collaborating with her we sort of uh i rewrote 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 and the script became a mother's came, coming out story. Yeah, yeah, which I thought was kind of a fresh take on yeah, the coming out story. Yeah, we've done a lot of coming out stories yeah. in gay men already. It's, it's been done many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The actor that plays your love interest, I'd seen him before in something, but you guys are very great together, really winning. Great yeah, he was in a 10-year plan. Okay. Yeah. That might, that might have been it. A straight guy who's totally open, so... There you go. Yeah. What was it like to, to wear so many different hats? You know, you wrote, you, you're in it, you're directing. 
Was it exhausting? It was so hard. I, 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 well, filmmaking is hard as you know yeah. as it is. Directing is hard, but acting and directing at the same time, it's 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 crazy. It's schizophrenic. You know, you would do we would do, I would do a scene and and I would have to explain the directions to actors and crew in both English and Chinese, right? Like in two languages. And after that, I would have to just let go of everything and just be in the present and you know be an actor, right? We'll do the scene. And after the scene's done, I would rush to the monitor to see what we just did. And then after that, I would you know do the do it over and over again. It's just really, really, really difficult. And and the things I learned from the experience is just really you have to be in the moment. You can't be thinking about directing when you're acting. When you can't be thinking about acting when you're you know directing when you're acting. So you just have to, have to really, really focus. It's really easier one said step. than done now. Yeah, just be one step at a time. You know. Yeah, and and you know, everyone has questions for you. She was a director. Bombard with questions and, you know. I remember, I've made some shorts and I would wake up the day after like a three-day shoot feeling like I've been hit by a truck. Oh. I can't imagine a long shoot acting and directing, like, and traveling and just like, but I also felt like I'd fallen in love too. It's that adrenaline and, because it's so much, um, you're putting out so much mental and physical energy that it just is killer. I think it's, you know, in a way, you know, in, in practical uh, filmmaking terms, it's really about just taking little, st- break things down into little steps and, and, and just take that step and no more and no less. Just focus on that step. Yeah. That's how, how, that's how it survived. Yeah, you don't have to eat the whole whale. You just have to take a bite take of the one whale. One step, one step, one bite at a time. You shot at um, former podcast guest Darren Stein's house. Yeah, I was like, I've been in that house. <laughs> Whose house is that? It's Darren Stein, the filmmaker. So it's, it looks so good on camera. So it's, it's great in real life. But yeah, the, it was wonderful. So Darren was nice enough to let you shoot in his house. Darren worked with my producer Stephen Israel. I know Stephen for GBF. Yes. So um, Darren's wonderful, very supportive of my project and I, Stephen's project. How long were you there? Because that was one of the main locations. I think but there's just for one week. Yeah. Yeah. It looked great, though. Yeah. And how long... Going to India and shooting. How, how long did you go to India to shoot? We went to India for one day. We uh, shot the atmospheric right. stuff. Um, the interior, we cheated, actually. Yeah. We uh, we did the interior uh, in... Not far from where my apartment is by, by, by Venice Boulevard and La Cienega. Yeah. That little, we rented a studio and we set dressed the entire studio into the, the interior of the Mumbai clinic. Right. And, you know, there are a lot of Indian actors here in the U.S., so we, we did that. So you were able to do that. But you did go there just for the atmosphere shots. Yeah, yeah. Just for a day. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. Did you do that, yeah. Did you feel like one of these epic David Lean <laughs> film directors in India getting your big shots? Yeah. It was so hot. Yeah. Oh, I've always wanted to go there. I've always wanted to go there. Now, the film is played in theaters in Asia. Right. And how has the response been? And what, what kind of release was it? Was it like a... Theatrical. Main, like, like mainstream. Main, thea- mainstream, yeah. main theatrical release. Which you rarely see here in the States anymore for, for GLBT for, titles. For, yeah, independent film. But we don't... Yeah. yeah. I mean, fewer and fewer people go to theaters. Yeah. But in Asia, people still go to theater. Yeah. Um, so it was a mainstream theatrical release. We were up against a, a lot of Hollywood films, and we, we beat them. Who did you beat? Let's oh, take some let's name names. There were, okay, so, okay, I don't remember the name. They were like, you know the film, uh, uh, Reese Witherspoon, and, and, and they had about two women, the, the two cops, and they were... Oh, Hot Pursuit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that. That, that went down. Good. And then, uh, and then what is that film with Charlize uh, uh, Theron, that, that big, you know, like, movie two years ago? Mad Max? Yes. 
Wow, you beat Mad Max. Yeah. Wow. Because you know, I bet Furioso did not appreciate that very much. Uh, well, I mean, like, it's Taiwan, so yeah. you know, people appreciated local Taiwanese-themed yes. films. I love it. When you're in Taiwan, do you, people recognize you from it? Yes. So you can't believe doing anything What's scandalous. A, I, I know. Like you're a you're a, like a hometown guy made good. Where's the weirdest place you've been recognized? Um, God, let's see. In a bathroom of yeah. of. Uh, of a restaurant, I was in the restaurant, and this right. guy approached me. I thought he, I, I thought he was cruising me or something. I was like, right. oh, you know, to turn around. I was like, oh, really cute guy. And he's right. like, oh, I love to film. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's so nice, though. <laughs> yeah, it's so nice to be recognized. So, and have you? I read that embassies, U.S. Embassies. the U.S. embassies were using your film in in some of their other other countries to kind of I don't know open open people's minds or yeah, get discussions so, going. After the movie uh, came out in Taiwan, a lot of U.S. diplomats saw the movie in Taiwan, loved it, got in touch with the State Department, and the State Department coordinated with, you know, uh, different diplomats around the world. Um, in, Th- in China, for example, uh, we show the film at the U.S. embassies uh, in six different cities in, in China and also Mongolia. Um, they also show the movie in Myanmar, um, and you know when they show the movie, it's a way for the State Department to um, to share this value of LGBT equality, right? Right. So bef- when they before they show the movie, they handed out like handouts to audiences, and you can see on the handout they're like talking about like American laws, you know, marriage equality, the law of the land, right? Support gay rights, blah blah blah. So I felt so honored. That Did you go to any of those trainings? Yes, I was invited. To, I went to, for two years, 2015. I went to the Beijing U.S. Emb- U.S. Embassy in Beijing, and also uh, 2016. And then last year, um, the American diplomat invited me back for this year what? before the election, before, wow. before before Trump got elected. Oh wow! So I don't know if, if my invitation is still. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's some 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 reason they're not answering those emails anymore. <laughs> I don't know what happened. That's so glamorous though to be like an on. I don't even know what an envoy is, but I feel like you're um, to go to these countries and to see the film in that kind of atmosphere because you know a lot of these countries you can't you know LGBT like stories and images and, and, and contents are censored you, it's illegal to even see right LGBT what they were showing story. them and they were showing that at the US embassy so that's US territory wow that is such a testament to how powerful stories are because you could tell a story and then and then at the end you can have the discussion and stuff like yeah, that it gives you a way in yeah and people get sort of their minds opened without and they're entertained and they right. it's not like just being preached to yeah that's so cool i feel so honored I'm and so that's proud. something that you guys didn't sort of pursue it kind of came that yeah. somebody had seen that's amazing yeah. that somebody saw the film and thought this could be an amazing yeah tool. because it's, the, the film is cross-cultural you know right. it's from different cultures and also cross-generational so i think it's a good film to to reach out to people yeah. from different, from all ethnicities and, you know, different generations yeah. and, you know. Um, I don't want to say what scene this was, but there was a moment, I don't think this is a spoiler, where I was worried that you guys were going to get cum in the, in the goldfish bowl. <laughs> I really thought, that's, that's going to happen and that's not going to be good for that fish. <laughs> but were you, was that a concern on the set? We were going to do that. No, exactly. No, I was like, uh oh. Yeah. But um, that's a fun scene. That's a really fun scene to shot to shoot. It was so funny. Did you do research into 
how surrogacy works. Obviously, you did some because we talked yes. about it, but also like how sperm donation works. And did you do a lot of research into that whole field? Well, you know, the Los Angeles LGBT Community Center hosted um, conferences uh, like a few years ago. Um, men having babies was one of the sponsors. Right. So I went to the conference. Okay. And you know, I learned everything about you know surrogacy, egg donors. And it was, it was actually, so, so by then, like that year, I think my, I, I already finished my third draft and the story took place in India, you know, in the movie. But then when I went to the conference, I learned that India, it became illegal for commercial surrogacy in India. So when I learned about that, I had to rewrite my script and send right. it in Bangkok instead. Right. So, so yeah, through research and through talking. But then it, then it, it ended up being in India. So, yeah, but then it became illegal, so we had to, like, you know, for, for, for the latter part of the story, we had to go to, you know, travel right. to Bangkok. Right. So, yeah, through research, talking to um, surrogates and also, you know, couples that went through the process, I learned a lot. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, are you, have you wanted to have children yourself? Where I are you on that journey? Um, I would like to have a kid, but um, I'm alone, I'm single, and right. I don't want to do it alone. It's just too much work. Right. You know, maybe with a boyfriend and husband. Yeah. You know? In a way, though, I think creating something, I mean, it's like, this is kind of a baby, and not, I'm not saying it's the same thing, but it's that same thing of, like, creating something and yeah. and putting it out into the world. I'm sure, you know, the the uh, period of, of, of conceiving and all of... Six-year journey. <laughs> yeah, six years. Six-year journey. That's wild. That's hard. What was the what was the lowest point along the journey where you're like, oh, I don't know if I can make this happen. There are so many low points. I have to say, I have to <laughs> okay. So before the movie was funded, you mean it's not all embassies and limousines? Oh my god! <laughs> so oh, so like we've been fundraising for like three years or so, and I was working with a Taiwanese producer. Right. She left the project. We couldn't get the movie funded, so she left the project. She's not the one. Is she credited? No. She was credited as executive uh, producer, but she didn't end up producing it. But right. So she left the project because we tried so many years, and it w- we were going nowhere. So I called Grace, the actress, right. Meryl Streep of Asia. Of course. I'm so sorry, Grace. You know, we've been working on this for a long time, and, you know, uh, the producer, producer left the project. I don't know if I can continue anymore, but, you know, I, I just want to apologize for wasting your time. Right. She picked up the phone that night and she con- contacted the producer of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, The Wedding Banquet, right. you know, Lee Kung Shi. And, um, and she's like, you know, uh, Barney, you have an appointment to meet this Oscar-winning producer in Taiwan. Go and pitch the project to him. So at the lowest point, right, like hopeless, lowest you were point, ready to give up. I, was, I was ready to give up. The, my mother rescued me. Your mother rescued you? Next yeah. thing you know, you're on a and plane. So I want to plane. I you know, went to Taipei to pitch the project to him. Wow, talk about a performance. And then, that was September. Six, yeah. That was September, right? So by December, we were filming. Wow. So that's a low point and went up again. And then, okay, so that's not, that's not the end. Okay, so like after the movie premiere in Taiwan. Right. Uh, and we, you know, we shown festivals, you know, a lot of different places. We had a difficult time finding U.S. distribution. So that's another low point. Yeah. And then, but I persisted. I wouldn't give up. So finally, Gravitas Venture decided to, uh, to distribute the movie. And then now, now it's movies out. So like, again, there are so many low points. Wow. So, so none of the usual suspects would wanted to step up and distribute. It was Your hard. Wolves, your TLAs, your, yeah. And, but good for you. Gravitas, I mean, that sounds like a good 
name. I've yeah. heard of them. Yeah, they, they're, they're, they're so passionate about independent films, and, you know, they have amazing connections and count with all the streaming platforms and, and yeah. cable, you know, satellite, so... All of it. But, yeah, like, but you kept pursuing. How did you do that? Just sending out emails or hearing about other distributors? Keep or just following up, following up, following, following up. up, following up. Hey, just up. sending an email. Just wanted to check in and make sure. Yeah, because, like, you know. Like, that tone in emails. You absolutely. know, that tone. You know, you send an initial email. It doesn't mean they'll watch the movie, yeah. you know, immediately. They, you know, maybe they may watch it three months later. So you have to keep pushing. You have to kind of be that squeaky wheel yep. that yep. says, hey, remember, da 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 until yep. they give you an Shamelessly. answer. Shamelessly. You know, it's hard for me to remember because I think in any... In all the creative fields where you're trying to get people to care, it's sometimes you're like, mm, I sent them an email, that's enough. Shamelessly. You have to keep doing it. Yeah. Is that part of your... Do you feel like you've always had that thing in you, or is it kind of one of those things where you're like, Barney? Constant send struggle. That, send that email. Constant struggle. It's yeah. not part of me. It's constant reminder. Do it. Even though you don't, It's a constant struggle within you, right? Right. Do it. Oh, I don't want to do it. That's not... Important. I don't want to be like... No. Do it. You know, do it's a it. constant struggle. Good for you, though. It's inspiring yeah. for people to hear that, because I think there's... All of us listening probably have that thing that we want to keep pushing, but we don't want to be a pain right. or whatever it is. Right. What is... Is there a, a lesson people can take from your story with this film? Okay, so I made this film really to connect with my mother. For the longest time, our... We grew apart because, you know, she was in the closet about me, and I'm openly out in West Hollywood. We just could not talk about... It felt like two different worlds. Two different worlds. So I made this movie to communicate with my mom, to have a conversation with my mom. And, and, you know, art imitates life, right? But sometimes uh, it also... Um, what's the word? Uh, shapes life. Right. So after the movie came out, after the movie came out, my mom, you know, evolved... Now she's out. She went to marriage equality rallies in Taiwan, and you know. So we talk openly about you know who I'm dating. She's doing talk shows. Exactly. That's amazing. So the takeaway is, you know, um, I really think it's important to communicate and, and to to I, I want the, the film to empo- to to empower people. Right. I also think just listening to that, it's like as a writer or whatever, put your difficult stuff in your work. Don't exactly. don't do the shallow thing. It can really, you know, that stuff you're wrestling with, even if you don't have the answers, it resonates. Put it in. Yeah, it resonates with people because people are think are struggling with the same thing. Yeah. You know. What was your mom's reaction the first time she saw it? She cried. Where were you? Uh, we were in a screening room in Taipei, post production screening room in Taipei. Yeah. And, you know, I did something. You know, really, really. St- I don't know. I can't. I don't know if strategic or or, or uh, artistic. I don't know what it is. Something, right? Right. I put my 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 dad passed away when I was little, mm-hmm. so I put my dad's photo in the movie. So that sort of you know in a way you know reminds me that this is you know right that a, there are two parents, two parents, and, yeah. And so my, when my mom saw the images of my dad, you know, she just like started crying. In a way that was moved. She, would, she didn't feel sort of she was moved. tricked or anything. No, 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 no. no. She knew. She, no, no, no. She gave, she, I, she gave me the permission. Oh, yeah. But when they came yeah. up, yeah. it was like, boom. Yeah. Where are they in the film? In the beginning. In yeah. the beginning. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. How old were you when he passed away? I was third grade. So that, maybe 10? Is that 10? Wow, yeah. yeah. So old enough to, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To remember. What's, what's your favorite memory of your dad? 
Oh, my dad. My dad would bring like uh, snacks for me every night. After, every time she come, he come, he came home. He would bring me like the stuff that I love to eat. I love it. Candies. And he cookies. always came home with snacks. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. How do you think? You know, you're so young at ten. How do you think he would have thought of this movie and this this trajectory for you? You know, it's so hard to imagine that because you know, like, when you're third grade, yeah, you yeah. still have no idea what gay is, whatever. Right. Um, I th- I would like to think that he'd be proud of it. Of course. Yeah. You did something major. Because the world's different now. Like, world is, you know, to, with 2017, you know, like, you know, world's, you know, progressing. And yeah. if he were alive, I think he would be proud of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you also featured Jason Stewart, who mm-hmm. I know, an actor, as a blonde. <laughs> right. That, that was a surprise. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was a toupee. He was rocking a toupee. Yeah, there's a line in the movie, like, you know, oh my God, who's that, who's that handsome doctor from West Hollywood with a horrible toupee? <laughs> right. Yeah. Whose idea was it to give him the toupee? Me. It was in the script. Damn right. All right. Um, let me see what else I have here. Uh, you were in some other cool movies that I love. You were in Mission Impossible 3. Yeah, that's a Tom fun Cruise. Movie. Yeah, we did, uh, it was like a fun movie to, to shoot. We did we, sh- we shot for like a week, but it was like forty five seconds. <laughs> that's all right. Did you do all your own stunts? <laughs> I did all my stunts. You did all your stunts. <laughs> um, what uh, what was Tom Cruise like? Did you interact with him? Very shy. He invited me. Shy. Very shy and very friendly. And I think he invited me to. It was so long, so long ago. I believe he he invited me to the um, Scientology. Uh, Tent. They had a tent. Uh, oh yeah, on the Paramount lot. So right. I, I went. What was it like? I think they would. I was. There was a massage therapist, so he gave me a nice massage. There you go. So you know what? I, it's I, a, I'll, I, take I little, I'll take a little. I'll take a little. I just don't get that. Like, well, I don't get that. The massage and a, a Scientology tent. It, I did. I, I, hey, never, I was happy to get a massage. I, I know. <laughs> a massage is a massage. <laughs> right? That's kind of wild. Yeah. How long was his hair in that one? Because sometimes in the Mission huh? Impossible movies, he has long... Tom Cruise. He has, like, the the long rocker hair or, like, the shorter hair. Sure. Shorter. Because yeah. there was one... A couple of those movies where he kind of had that... Oh, really? Like, maybe it was Mission Impossible 2. Yeah. 3 was... Yeah. yeah. I think he's a good movie star. I like him as a movie star. Yeah. But he's, you know... What's I don't know if I would... Two is coming out soon. I know, that's crazy that they're finally doing that. <laughs> and you worked with Woody Allen on Hollywood Ending, and I still remember, you're kind of a scene stealer on that movie. Oh my God, thank you for saying that. <laughs> um, what was it like? So I learned a lot. You played somebody... It's, a, it's set in... He's, it's film so he, sets, and yeah, you're like... Yeah, so he was like... He played a, a washed-up director... Given a, a comeback, uh, yeah, one film, more chance, yeah. So, and then the night before he started production, he lost his sight. Yeah. So I played his assistant, who sort of helped, who, who had to conceal the blindness. Who kind of gets him through it? Yeah, and I helped him direct the film. Um, That's a big plum part. I was. It was so much fun. It was so much fun. I learned all my directing from Woody. In what ways? Because so, people say that he's not very, like a lot of the actors say that he doesn't really communicate that much okay so that's exactly it like um his trick was or how i interpret it was that he hired good actors right who knew what they were doing who, who did their homework who was just right for the part right julia taylor is the casting director she did a fabulous job so he hired amazing actors and then when you're on set he barely spoke to you so and then when we he we would just do a scene and then once right one take and he'd be like oh okay let's move on 
no like feedback. One take. You're like, did I do okay? Did and then suck? all the actors, we were like, oh my god, he hated it. Yeah. No feedback. He's he's gonna fire me. So later, so I so I started observing that. So it's like a trend, right? So I was right. there, I was on set for thir- about a month. Right. I realized, you know, he didn't he he didn't give a lot of directions because he trusted the actors and the actors knew what they what we were doing right. so directing you really really don't need to do a, give a lot of directions right. actors know what they're doing if you if you if pick you, the right people right and if you over direct them it's it's actually uh, not good because right. you're telling the director what to do they already know what they're doing they may even give you stuff that's that's better than your vision but if you like keep direct you know you know controlling them it's bad for and you kind of carried that through. Yeah, exactly. Directing. I didn't do much directing on on baby steps. I I, I let the directors. I picked the right right actors. I let them do what they're doing. I mean, I tweaked a little bit here and there. Right, of course, but small tweaking. That's it. Right. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Were there more experienced actors in Woody's world that kind of reassured you? No, this is what it's like. Like no, I mean, nobody knew. That Everybody was, was like, like "We're all getting fired." Yeah. Wow! But after, but after a few, after a week, you'd be like, "Oh, okay, so that's his way of doing things." And I read that he took you to the Cannes Film Festival. Yes, that was surreal because our know. film was the opening film of Cannes Film Festival, and um, I mean, I never acted in a major movie before. All my roles were like day player, one day here right. and there, but that was just major supporting roles. And, and to travel with them, it was just surreal. What was it like to walk up the steps? At the- I tripped. You tripped. I was so nervous. I you tripped. pulled a Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> she totally stole your shtick. Did you? Okay. Did you catch yourself in your hand, or like you didn't trip all the way down? I kinda... almost, but like there, like I forgot who was. In, I think um, Tim, uh, Tiffany Thiessen was in front of me. I, I, I think I bumped into her. Like almost right. trip, you know. So <laughs> I think so that real story is that Tiffany Thiessen was at Cannes. <laughs> right on. I interviewed her once, so she was cool. Um, What's your favorite memory of being at Con? I think my favorite memory was uh, spending time with uh, Treat Williams. Yeah, he was so giving. He included everybody, and he was he, in the film as well. Or he, he was in the film. Else? He was okay. uh, Tay Leone's husband. Okay, and you know, Treat was so giving. He treated everybody to restaurants and took ups everywhere. Um, it was just so he, he Treat actually treats exactly. The name, he's got the right name. That surprises me. Very I don't know, giving. he just seemed like serious actor guy. He is so giving. That's really cool. Yeah. So how do you audition for that film? Like, how did that happen? Woody Allen's film? Yeah. Okay, so most actors don't audition. Right? He just offered. Right. But he didn't know who I was. And, and the part was very, uh, you know, required closely working with Woody, you know, in the movie. So I auditioned, I want to say three or four times. Right. Like, callbacks over and over again. Um, but a fourth callback, I was like, you know what? I can't do it anymore. I mean, just, I've done everything. I've done everything. And, you know, luckily, um, yeah. And you got the call. Out. Where were out. you when you got the call? I was walking my dog in Central Park. Yeah. <laughs> when I got a call from my agent. That's so Woody. <laughs> That's very New York. <laughs> I love it. What was he like to act with? Again, no direction. So, right. so you're pretty free to do whatever you wanted. Right. Um... Very in the moment, uh, it was fun. It was like you, you're in the moment. That's really cool. Yeah. What a cool experience. Very, very educational and fun experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, what do you hope to do now? What's next? So we're turning Baby Steps into a TV series. So oh, after fun. it comes out, we, we, you know, we uh, we will be pitching to different networks, and then, you know, I want to write for television because I think television is doing really, really well right now. I think it's better than film, right? You know, all these like you know, net, you know, uh, online networks. And well, they're doing stories about people in the world, yeah. As opposed to sort of amazing. Yeah. yeah, I agree. It's pretty it's exciting. Amazing. So I really want to write and direct uh, TV, and you know. Yeah, an act. Too. Did you always want to be an actor or be in the entertainment business when, I, when you were a kid? So I was involved in all the like you know uh, musicals in high school and plays. And what speech. was the, what was your best role? My best role was playing chorus member in Hello Dolly. Wow! Yeah. So you could do, jump in if somebody can't do the <laughs> Bette Midler version. And I was just like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now you, when did you come to the states? So 1983. I was. You know, you know, grade school. Yeah. So you, where did you go to high school? Uh, I went to Brea Olinda High School in Orange County. Oh, right on. Yeah. So you did your whole high school thing here yeah. and and musicals and, yeah, exactly. and the rest of it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Uh, what were you like as a little kid? Were you into movies and watching them and stuff like that? You know, as a little kid, I was so focused on, like, you know, like, having fun in theater and stuff. And also, I was exploring my sexuality, obviously, right? We knew right. we were gay when we were in high school, right? right. So, um, it was really hard. I felt very isolated in, you know, in Orange County. And that was in the 80s. Right. 80s, early 90s. So, like, you know, you, I wasn't out then. And as an immigrant, you know, it, yeah. it was especially hard because... Um, you know, like my mom sacrificed so much to, you know, in order for me to have a better life here. So you want to, you know, you want her to be proud of you. Right. So, so it's really hard to come up because of that. I can imagine. Yeah. So you moved here after your father passed away. Right. And what brought you and your family to the States? For better education, better opportunities. And so she sort of got that ball rolling and said, I'm yes. going to see. And how, did she know somebody here? Or how, how were you able to? You know, so I'm what, what's called a parachute kid. A I parachute, love that. Do you know what that means? No, okay. but I, lo- I a, would own that. That sounds like a cool thing it's to It's a be. phenomenon. Yeah. So what it is, is a parachute kid is, is a kid that was dropped off to live in the U.S. without a parent. So we came, uh, when we came in the 80s, uh, my mom, we came with three other Taiwanese families. Right. And the three mothers led the journey from Taiwan to the U.S. And we all lived in the same house. The father stayed in Taiwan to make a living. Right. So the three families, the three mothers, was, would take turn uh, going back to go home to... to one to would be the mother. The they would go to... One would be the mother, and the two would go home to visit their husband, right. and then they would go back back and forth like that. So we so we were like parachute kid, right? And my mom didn't have a husband; my mom right. passed away. So she would go back to Taiwan to to make you know make a living, you know, take over the family business. So we grew up all these parachute kids, right? We grew up without a family without know, right? yeah. It was always changing, or there were like right. different. The so mother it's, would. It's like your mother's being played by a different actress every. Yeah, so a lot of you know like we all had different experiences. Some people, you know, turn into gangs because you know you needed a sense of belonging. Right, no continuity. For me, I just you know like I want I was I wanted to explore what it meant you know sexuality being gay. So I was like you know learning. And I, would, I would go to the library and check up books about being gay and you know Ooh, like, what was the best one? Oh god, oh, the best ones are the ones with pictures. Yeah. I <laughs> Yeah, right? <laughs> wow. So it was. Were there a lot? Was, was the parachute kid thing? Was that a bit of a phenomenon? Like there weren't. It wasn't it's a phenomenon. House, there was a lot of. No, a lot. I mean, it, it, it is still a phenomenon today. 
Wow. In the 80s and 90s, it was more from Taiwan and Korea and Japan. But now, the, 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 the parachute kid um, applies to, like, Chinese, all the parachute kids from China. Wow. So, it's a phenomenon. And you, 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 these different families come together and say, we're going to do this together as kind of a group and manage it somehow. Right. When you found out you were going to the States, how did you feel? I, it was surreal because I wanted to go to Disneyland. Right. Yeah. So it was exciting. It exciting. Exciting. Yeah. Totally into exciting. It. Totally into it. Wow. <laughs> That's cool. What, do you, what were your first memories of coming here? What's the first thing you remember doing? I remember the first time. The first memory was that at the airport, everybody spoke English, and I've never seen a black person before. I was like, oh right. my God. There, there are black people in the world. In the world. Yeah. And my mom was speaking English. And I was, and first time I heard her speak English, I was, it was just like, whoa, this is just surreal. How did your mother know English? She didn't. It was broken English. Right. So can you imagine? She like, was she, getting she, by. She did that when she came. She, did, she led the journey when she was in her 30s. I'm in my 40s now. I just can't even imagine bringing three kids going to a foreign country in my 30s. That's amazing. The courage of that. The courage. Because she thought... Tenacity. She thought your life would be better. Yeah. She's a strong woman. That's incredible. That's why it was very hard for me to come out to her. Because I... Because you didn't want to do anything wrong. Yeah, I wanted I think gay people want to be perfect anyway. I wanted to please her. Make sure she's proud of me. And, you know... When did you ultimately come out? So, college. Yeah. Eventually, I came out. But, you know, it was hard. Right. And it didn't. You said that you guys didn't have a, a great relationship. Yeah. Well, after I came out, then we then we stopped talking about personal life. Yeah. So so that that made it worse. We are we just grew apart as a result. Did your mother like being in the states when she was here during those years? It, or was you know, it like oh, it was this, more like an obligation, taking care of the kids, yeah. making sure that we didn't turn into gang members, right. you know, and, and that we're that we're well educated. And 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 then after we all went to college, she just moved back to Taipei and be with all her friends and relatives. She's having a blast right now. I love it. She's yeah. like having her her big fun time. Yeah. What was your relationship like with the other kids in the house? Did you feel like siblings, but not really? No. Uh, you know, the thing is, we were forced to be in that kind of environment. We didn't yeah. get along. Yeah. We did not get along. So that, that again, that's that's my immigrant experience. Wow. My experience growing up. We didn't get along with the family that we were with. And eventually we fought and we just, everybody left, you know, went their own way. So it's not like you you're, you feel like a family or you reach out to no, them or see them anymore. No, because it was forced, yeah. you know, family. Like, You're family. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. I've never heard of that phenomenon, parachute kids. <laughs> All right, here's some questions you picked from the observation deck. Oh, okay. If you could be the opposite sex for a day, what would you want to experience? That's so simple. That's so right. simple. Multiple orgasm. Come on. <laughs> Men don't, can't have multiple orgasms. Yeah. I want right? to experience you got really, A lot of times people say sex, but you got really specific. Oh, right? That's right. so easy. Multiple orgasm. <laughs> I love it. All right. What's the coolest thing you ever got for free? Oh, okay. Uh, advice. That's cool. Yeah, for life, you know, like just, who's giving you really good advice? In your I life? don't know who gave it to me, but the best advice is to uh, be in the moment. Right. Don't think about what what happened before. Don't think about what's going to happen in the future. Just be in the moment, and that will help you get through everything. That's that's a hard lesson to learn, but it's really valuable. I've started uh, doing some um, meditation and mindfulness yeah. kind of practice, and and that's very much about that. Do you find that you're able to do that if you if you remind yourself? You know, even yesterday, last night, I was irritated about something, and I just could not like I just couldn't like focus in the present moment. So it's a constant it's a constant struggle. But it is good advice. It's a good advice. Sure. It's a good reminder. 
Because we all worry about things that are going to You know, that's why we're, I'm having such a good time right now talking to you, because I'm in a moment with you. That's right. I, I think, feel about, I feel I think like about what happened before being a future. Right. I'm just here with you. There you go. Yeah. I love it. If you could change, if you had to change careers tomorrow, what would you pursue? I want to be a farmer. Really? Yes. You know, I, every night before I go to bed, I will watch videos about homesteading. Do you know what that means? Homesteading? Well, no, I was listening to a podcast today <laughs> about a girl that raises bunnies and sells them, and they use the word homesteading. And I was like, yeah. I haven't heard of this, but it, just this morning I heard of it. It's like you, you have your own uh, a, a piece of land, you grow your own vegetables, you grow your own animals, you know, you're self sufficient. That's what I want to be. Really? Yeah. Where, in, like in the States, in some rural I, community? I, 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 if I could do it in West Hollywood, wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah, you'd be the could farmer of West Hollywood. Yeah, I could, you could do, you have the urban life and also the, uh, you know, urban, you know, agricultural, homesteading life. You could bring back overalls. Exactly. Remember when gays used to wear overalls with one thing <laughs> hanging and maybe nothing under them? That was fun. Yeah. Really? Do you I like do. plants and do you have, I do you have love, a green thumb? I love plants. I love, like, in, you know, your own produce. I love right. growing your vegetable, your fruit, um, growing, I can't even, and I, I love to raise chickens, yeah. and, you know, different, like, you know, stock, but not killing them, though, like, you know. They, Yo, like, then you have to take them to market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody else yeah, yeah, does yeah. that. Someone else does that. That's so interesting. You yeah. want to be a farmer. I want to be a farmer. That's cool. And I still want to be a farmer. You can do both. Yeah, in West Hollywood. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The, the farmer of West Hollywood. Um, your movie obviously had a, a great run on the festival circuit. What was some of the highlights of that? Do you remember being in a certain screen or a certain place that was magical? Frameline uh, is, is, is amazing. The audiences in San Francisco are phenomenal. Are you in the Castro? Screening in the, in the Castro no, Theater? No, we, we were actually in, in, in a theater called Victoria Theater. Right, okay. And the audiences that kept laughing they're boisterous and then people were like crying at the end they're the right. best audiences so i think that was, that was the most memorable right. screening experience so if you get your film to frame line oh my god but if they don't like it they oh yes they're know. very vocal oh they're, yeah yes i've so been think, i've had that experience i've had both oh, really? experiences there okay. a little bit not a smaller scale but yeah yeah it's but they're into it and that's cool yeah it matters yeah there's a great shot in your movie where you get to be showered with rose petals and you were all, you look so nice. Oh. Was that as fun as it looked? That was so... Don't you want to put on a nice suit and get showered with stuff? And that's like the vision. That's my vision. I want to, I want to get married. I want right. to have a husband. I want to walk down with my kid. And, right. You know, like, and be like embraced by everybody. And, it's, you know, like it's rose petals. Yeah. Oh my God. There's a wonderful scene in the movie where you're moved to tears and you're, and you're crying. Oh, that's a that's an amazing scene. And I okay. thought it was so good, and I was like, oh, that. And I just wanted to ask you about that scene and crying, and you're directing, and you got tears chased down that, your face. That was a very uh, difficult scene to film, right? Uh, okay, so that that little restaurant is actually a very tiny space. Are we in Taipei now? In or? Taipei. Wow, really, really tiny, uh, tiny, tiny space. So technically, it was very difficult, and when you were doing close-ups. We had to, like, literally look at... Okay, so my DP gave me a, a tennis ball next to the camera, and I literally had to look at a, a tennis ball, pretending that it was my mother giving, you know, right. looking at her. Um, and, you know, it's a very emotional scene, too, because yeah. my mother was, like, you know, giving this passionate right. speech. And, and I had to look at a tennis ball pretending it was her. But luckily, Grace is such an amazing actress. She she gave this this passionate plea the speech and, and all I needed to do was imagining my mother giving that speech and telling me that she's proud of me 
and then tear just they just started coming and 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 that was our first take Wow. And I was like, you know what? I don't think we'll ever... I don't think we can yeah. capture a second take. I'm going to pull a Woody Allen here and we're <laughs> going to move just, on. Yeah, let's just move on. Wow, it was yeah. the first take. It was really powerful. It felt really authentic. Because, Is yeah. she saying the lines while you're looking at the tennis ball? Right. So, she, so was, you're hearing I'm it. At, I'm looking at the tennis ball, but like, but she was somewhere else. I yeah. don't even know what she was, but I, but I could hear her voice. She was saying it in the moment. Yeah. It was a great scene. How many of the Americans involved in the production did you take overseas? The DP... Um, uh, the boyfriend character, right, and, and some camera crew. Um, that's it. Wow, I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. How many languages do you speak? I speak uh, Taiwanese, right, uh, Mandarin, and then English, a little bit of Spanish. Um, as someone who likes to write things down, what's the most fun language to write in? Nobody writes anymore. I know we were all texting We're and typing. typing. Chinese is kind of fun. Is it fun? It yeah. looks like a lot more work because every word is it's pictorial. Like it right, looks, it, like for the word, the, the word mountain looks like a mountain. Right, bird looks like bird. So, it's so there aren't fun. individual letters like M O U. You no, know. it's like a it's like it's uh, it's it's pictorial. pictorial. Yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah. So you're painting a picture every time. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. <laughs> when you first moved to L A. or California. Was it culture shock going to school and stuff like that? Yeah, because I didn't speak a word. Speak. How did you learn English? I mean, obviously in school, but you know, when you were a television, kid, and stuff? it was easier when you were a little kid, and also like you know, because um, because you, you were sort of forced into that environment, you know, and, and there were no Asian people back then, you know, my, and, and so I was the only kid, and you know, you were forced to really adapt. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, were kids nice to you? Mean to no, you? No, I was bullied. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, yeah, like I think grade school and junior high, you know, was very difficult. Not for being gay, but I think it was because being Asian, being different, being different, just being different. Yeah, like where are you from? Like yeah. all of that stuff. Yeah. How did your mom react when you said you wanted to pursue acting and go into this crazy business? Devastated. Really? Because you know my major was political science right. in college. So, so my mom was thinking, oh my God, I'm so proud of your part. He's going to be a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I told her after college, she said, you know, I'm moving to New York. I want to be a chorus boy, a chorus boy and, you know, a musical. I still want to do that. I still want to do that too. Uh, can we still do it? Kind of, of I think so. Yeah. We're too old. It's so much fun dancing right. on stage. Do you like to dance? Yeah. I still go to dance class. Singing and dancing. I go to this class. I go to hip hop all the time, but there's also a class called Jazz Over 40. I want to go. You want to go? You give me the pr- yeah. information? Yes. Where is it? Edge. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. okay. You full-on do turns across the floor. Oh, my and God. It's like that. full-on jazz people. Ileana Douglas takes it. Okay. Sometimes. But you could tell everyone's like, got the, you know, jazz. They're all like stepped out of chorus line like 20 I years ago. It. Yeah. You have to, but, but you don't do anything like where you go to the floor on your knees or it's like we're all too old for that jazz, shit. Jazz over 40. Yeah. It's for jazz over it. 40. Yeah. I love it. You'll go with me? Okay. I'll, let's go. We'll yeah. totally do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Okay. Um, there's a lot of talk now, more and more, which is good about representation and diversity and casting and things like that. Were there images that spoke to you when you were growing up, or was it just sort of a ghost land? Or would you see no, somebody? No, there were no images. Was there anybody to? There was anything to hold on to? Nothing. 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 Not in not in not in junior high. Not in high school. <laughs> Even in college, there was so few representation on the screen. The wedding banquet, maybe at the end of college, that 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 yeah. you remember seeing that and thinking that, and that. that helped me come out. 
That's too. amazing. Yeah. So not a lot. Not a lot. Not a lot. Yeah. There, there's so much to do in that. You know, the thing uh, of the business. We had a, a screening um, on Thursday at uh, at Downtown Independent, and uh, there's an audience member you know, who saw the movie. I think he's Chinese American. He's like, you know what? You know, this movie is my moonlight. Wow. So it spoke to him because he could see himself on the screen. Right. You know, so I felt like it's honor that, you know, he felt that way. That must make you feel really good. Oh, my God. Cause Do I you ever hear from young people growing up in, in Taiwan that saw the movie or young gay people that are, you know, in the process of coming out? or? Yeah. So after the movie played in Taiwan, I... I I got like over five thousand like friend requests on Facebook, and I will get letters from like Taiwanese audiences thanking me uh, for helping him deal with coming out to his family, um, and um, it it inspire a lot of people to have kids now, LGBT family to have kids. So it really helped people. That must feel really good. Are you ever having a crappy day where you're like you didn't get the audition or whatever, and then you go online and you're like. Look at that. I did something that made a difference. I'm glad you said that because I need to be reminded of it. Because I, 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 I don't. I don't. I don't. I do. I get depressed. I get depressed. But yeah. I, I need to be reminded that, you know what? Your life is good. Put it in perspective. Your life is good. You know. You made a difference. Made a difference. That I must feel huge. Is there... I, when I heard that this was a co-production between the U.S. and Taiwan, and, and that, is that a good model for how to come up with the money to get things made? Or is it worked for this film... And you, you won't necessarily pursue that again. I would definitely pursue it again. Yeah, because it seemed like it worked. Like, okay, yeah, what's the next thing? Various part, various you know uh, territories they give you money. And, right. And, and, so sometimes you know, there's grants or things yeah, that are. Yeah. It was so hard to come up with money. You know, so, so for this movie, we had U.S. U.S. companies that gave us money. Um, Taiwanese companies gave us money. Uh, the city of Taipei gave us money. Um, the Ministry of Culture of Taiwan gave us money. The government gave us what money. What did they see? A script? Or did you go in and pitch them? Or? We had to pitch the project to, for example, the city of Taipei. We pitched a project about, you know, Taipei. The city of Taipei is just a vibrant city. Uh, gay pride is the largest pride in Asia. Right. So we so we show gay pride in the movie. Right. And so, so it's about, you know... What's the word? Promoting the city of Taipei. Do you go in there, you, and talk and do yeah. a little song and yeah. dance? Right. And then for the for the Taiwan, the Ministry of Culture, we pitched you know Taiwan as this progressive democracy. Right. That you know that's you know LGBT equality is important. The whole world would know about. That's leading the way. Leading for the way. Asia. Right. That, right. You know, so like we're the hippest. So you have to just have to pitch. We're the most progressive. Uh, nation around. Asia, yeah. That's so you cool. Pitch, you know, accordingly. It's so much bigger than like some of the film projects I've worked on that feel very LA, very, you know, this is like you're dealing with whole cultures and governments and that's a lot. It's, it's exciting. Yeah. Uh, Do you put on a little suit when you go in there? Yeah. You turn it out. <laughs> you turn it out. Um, I saw Ang Lee gave you a nice video shout out. Um, so, do you have a relationship with him, or have you met him before? So, Ang Lee directed The Wedding Banquet. Yes. Uh, Grace was in that movie, so they're like buddies. Right, right. they, they go friends. way back. And then my producer of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, right. you know, produced you know, Ang Lee's Crouching Tiger, and also The Wedding Banquet. Yeah. So, they're all, they're buddies, too. They're all, they all, so, you know, play through poker. them, yeah. through them, you know, I, yeah. But have you got <laughs> to meet him? Yeah, I did. He's really awesome. So supportive of LGBT equality and rights, you know. And he did Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. Did you talk to him about that? I told him how much I loved it and, you know, like, it was just so 
compelling. Yeah. Yeah. There's something, there's a big dialogue going on now about who has the right to tell certain stories and if you're not part of a culture, can you tell that story or whatever? And I think Brokeback Mountain is such an example of somebody from a totally different world bringing something special and telling a story in a in a in a beautiful way. I think I think we shouldn't get hung up on I, who tells the stories. I don't think so either because I think we all have the ability to we all have empathy, right? Like, right. So so everybody has ability to empathize with characters that are different from you. Right. So I can empathize a transgender you know yeah. person's what what he or she's going through, you yeah. know, the being other and stuff like that. So I can make a story about transgender ish right. you know story. Um, and you know, like as an immigrant, you know, I can relate to other communities too. So, yeah, I, 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 you're right. You know, we 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 can do it. Right. People can empathize yeah. with, with people who come from totally different backgrounds. Yeah. Um, your movie's going everywhere today, and I'm going to post this later today. Where do you like to fantasize? Somebody's watching it. Does that make sense? If you're daydreaming, like people can bring it up on their phones. They can they oh can be God. on the stairmaster. They can be on. Oh my god, the, they best, be on the, the, home. the best way is really, you know, to watch it with your family, really, yeah. with a boyfriend or with your, with your kids, cuddly, with your I see a nice furry blanket. And then, you know, like, and after, after you finish the movie, you make passionate love, see? celebrate. It's foreplay. It's, love. it's about love. Multiple orgasms. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. I like that image. It's about love. It's foreplay. Foreplay. Fantastic. Mm. All right. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Congratulations on your journey. It's been a long odyssey. Thank you, Dennis. And it's inspiring to see. So uh, everyone check out Baby Steps. It's like on all those platforms. Yeah. We don't have to list them because there's too many. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks again to Barney Chang. You can check out his movie Baby Steps on all kinds of digital platforms that it launches today. And I'm going to put a link with all of the information at the end of the show notes on this podcast. So um, you can find it there too. All right. So this happened. I went and saw a really hilarious show. Uh, Jimmy Fowley, who is a former guest on the podcast, he's the man behind the web series Go Go Boy Interrupted. He's doing something really genius right now in LA. Um, He's created a one person show. It's actually a one woman show called So Long Boulder City. And he is basically in drag playing Emma Stone's character from La La Land, doing the one-woman show that she does in the movie but that we never get to see except we just see her turn off the light and there's a backdrop of Paris and whatever. We have no idea what the show is like. So Jimmy has brought that show to life and it is so side-splittingly funny and... I'll just give you one example because one-person shows are their own thing and there's a lot to make fun of there, but he's got this crisp walk uh, that feels like when his back is turned and he's like moving something on the set, it's really easy to imagine that it's Emma Stone doing it. And I just love so much that the scene changes take forever and it's just him moving a bunch of furniture around purposefully, but they don't really matter. And it just goes on and on. And it is so funny. I never thought that changing a set could be that funny, but it is. So anyway, hopefully it will extend. It's been sold out. Even Emma Stone's mom went to see it. It's really inspired. Um, It's called So Long Boulder City. And it's uh, Jimmy Fowley did it. And hopefully I'll get to interview him again about that because I want to know everything about what went into it. There's so many funny moments in it. Anyway, so that happened. I loved it. Um... If you're in L.A., try to see it. That's it. Thank you for listening. Uh, Check out Baby Steps, and uh, we'll catch you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye.